Welcome back to Marketing with Soul on the Relevant Podcast channel, where we discuss how to make healthcare relevant to modern consumers. I'm Jared Johnson, founder of the Shift Forward Health Production and Marketing Group. And I'm Peter Balistrieri, Director of Corporate Communications for WVU Medicine and the Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute. Today, we're going to talk about TransCarent and its recent acquisition of assets from 98.6. We'll dive into how healthcare is marketed by employers and how it impacts healthcare choices when information comes from the place that you work. Our goal is to open your eyes to the many ways in which organizations are marketing to and engaging with modern consumers about their health. So we'll guide you through three segments, each based on parts of a soul song, the hook, the groove, and the call. Let's get right into it, Peter. Let's start with the hook. Let's talk about the hook here, which is the benefit of healthcare being provided to you and marketed to you by your employer. And this is based on the fairly recent news that Transparent is acquiring a majority of assets from 98.6. This was on March 6th. Transparent announced that they're acquiring the virtual care platform and the clinical customer base of 3.5 million people from 98.6. So there's a model that 98.6 is going to carry on and offer to provider organizations separately, but Transparent is acquiring all the other assets here. Peter, what else would be helpful to set up Transparent for those who are not familiar with them? I mean, for them, their their, their idea is is they they don't think costs is the is the enemy. Um, it's it's really the enemy for them is complexity. Um, they want to provide a simplicity, um, and they want the uh, to reduce the bureaucratic nightmare of finding doctors and getting high quality care in one one stop. And that's probably one of the most important things these days uh, to families with multiple uh, kids, uh, you know, is that how can I get this done in one shot and not have to, you know, go have a, you know, a, a doctorate and to, to figure out how to get <laughs> navigate through and figure out where, where to go and who to see and what I need to do. Um, it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting proposition. And I would say one of the things that, that I was interested about is they are doing something uh, that's pretty interesting with the handoff, which we talked about in previous episodes is how do these integrate these, these disruptors integrate with, you know, if you're, if you have an allegiance or you, you find that you want to stay within your healthcare system, but you also want to take advantage of, of the simplicity and the ease and the transparency of some of these disruptors. Well, they've done that here. They, they basically have said that, um, the, with the, the AI chatbot and the, all their other patient engagement and administrative tools, um, it also means that they can use their own doctors, uh, the hospital, new hospital clients can use their own doctors and nurses. Um, so that handoff is supposedly seamless. And that's going to be a huge marketing standpoint um, for Transparent. Agreed. All right, let's go deeper on that. Let's get into the groove. The groove is where we're really going to dive deep and uncover some other parts and pieces here. To that end, about the handoff, this is one of those things where I think it's a representation of a lot of different parts that have to come together to create an experience or a long-term journey for someone to engage in their health and wellness. And that's a pretty substantial effort. Then you mentioned the AI chatbot. So the goal here is to offer 24-7 access to a doctor, but Transparent previously used third-party contractors to do that. So this acquisition brings things in-house. Now they're using 98.6's software and their physician group to allow them to offer near instantaneous text-based care to patients. 
So that's a pretty big deal. Again, the X factor here is that this is all a benefit that's coming from your employer. So even on the transparent website, which is one thing we always like to look at when we're looking at how do they market themselves, what are their main messages and how do they position their services? So the headline on their homepage is experience different. And it says we built a new, different and better health and care experience. Let me pause right there. Yeah. They say health and care, right? That's very deliberate. That's very deliberate. They go on to say, we built a new, different, and better health and care experience that puts you back in charge with high quality care, transparent information, and trusted guidance in as little as 60 seconds, 24 seven from the palm of your hand. So right off the bat, you know this is virtual, it's mobile, it's quick, at least it's meant to be. I mean, I don't know if it's always 60 seconds, but if they can put that on there, that's what they're banking on, the speed of it. So they're saying, look, skip the waiting room. You can chat with the doctor in 60 seconds, 24 seven, 365. And that marketing is important because as we know, those are major pain points of a lot of primary care visits. Right. You can't even schedule an appointment for an average. I've heard everything from 28 to 35 to 41 days with a primary care provider. A lot of times it's not easy. So again, there's a lot of variability in that, but it's not typically a thing that traditional medicine can market as a feature or benefit, which is get a hold of a doctor quickly. Uh, so, Peter, let me ask you, what do you see about that part and the fact that this comes from your employer? Well, I think, again, um, it's this idea of having a relationship with your employer beyond just your paycheck. Uh, I think that's important. And, you know, if, if that's, you know, if that's a way to to build up a, a great workforce, maybe that's that's a that's an internal marketing aspect that they can they can showcase um, when you're going through a. Uh, you know, recruitment of it of some sort. I, I just find it interesting too that um, the primary care funnel system is is still gaining ground, and I think it's an important uh, um, approach to healthcare. And the sidebar that you and I talked talked about a little bit is um, there was a, there was a shift for a while there where primary care docs were kind of like you know, well, you know, you, you, you don't want to go really into primary care because everything is going so specialized. You know, there's fellowships and there's all these specialty care uh, angles to, to being a doctor. Well, maybe this kind of approach to healthcare again now um, is going to um, have some regaining of notoriety for primary care physicians. Um, and uh, it might be it might be uh, helpful to maybe this whole movement is going to get more people interested in, in taking healthcare jobs. Um, you know, and we even talked about it. There, there's even uh, schools that are are offering two year nursing degrees rather than four year nursing degrees. So, do the people that work for these um, these disruptors um, are they any less of a, a quality? Um, um, healthcare worker? I don't know. And will this drop the quality of healthcare overall? I don't know either. Um, so we're going to have to kind of see how this kind of um, crystal balls going forward. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a verb now, right? Crystal ball. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think the longer I've been in healthcare, the more I'm trying to still understand who's incentivized to do what. You follow the money, right? An employer is absolutely incentivized to make healthcare work for people. They want the offering to be simple because they want people to be happy with it. It reflects on them as the employer. So when it's not convenient, when it's expensive, they hear all about it. And then there's the pricing element. I mean, can you name a time when you did not have a premium increase from year to year with anyone you've ever worked for? I mean, I can't think of a time that that ever happened. 
Your premiums always go up year after year, no matter what, and the deductible also increases. So those are just some of the parts of the employer-provided side of healthcare. They have their own challenges of being complex and pricey. So when TransCarent is out there saying, look, we have this digital-first service, I think it's worth noting, especially for a traditional provider organization, a hospital or health system, etc., for them to realize that hopefully we can evolve the conversation about virtual and digital health services, because I still hear providers and marketing leaders ask, well, do you really think telehealth is going to stick around? Do you really think it's worth still offering virtual visits? Look, they dropped a lot after the pandemic. Maybe that just means people don't want them. And I think you know how I feel about this, Peter. I speak about it a lot on the healthcare app and in other places about how that might just mean that the current version of your current virtual visit is kind of clunky and that's not exactly what people want right now. That doesn't mean that people don't want a convenient digital first service. So let's evolve the conversation to say that it should be a given that you are offering a digital choice, a virtual or hybrid opportunity to engage with the provider. That should just be a given. That's table stakes. So let's make that part of the marketing. Let's also make that experience easier because then it can take care of itself. It's one of those things that I think people will notice more that if you don't have it and you don't offer it anymore, people will see that as opposed to if you do have it, make it great. Okay. Right. Right. But it has its own set of marketing to go with that. It's experience-based marketing instead of brand-based marketing. Yeah. And I would even challenge, um, you know, that the, the telehealth is, is at least in my, my mind is not going away and there's definite benefits of it, especially in rural States. And, um, you know, I've seen that firsthand here where, um, you know, they're, they're doing, um, neuro neurology appointments, the telestroke, uh, telehealth or look, they're able to do a lot of great neuro, uh, examinations. Um, and especially, like I said, in rural uh, settings, it's, it's definitely, um, something that is is being used. So I think, um, you know, great points. I'm I'm interested to kind of see how this goes uh, as we go forward in the next bunch of years. Agreed. Well, with that, let's move on to the call. This is where we talk about what marketers can do with this information to market with soul. In other words, how can we improve the health of America? We're going to talk every episode about how the villain here in healthcare, in our minds, is not any particular side of the industry. The villain is an unhealthy America, and that is not being helped by ineffective marketing that's not helping people engage with the system that they need to engage with to have better health and more wellness and happiness and joy in their lives. And when we really position it that way, that's one of the goals of our show. It's to help reposition who the villain is here. So when I look at what Transparent is doing to address that villain, I'll point out one thing that was really interesting. On their site, they have a dedicated page about behavioral health. And here's why I feel this is so important. First and foremost, it also makes so much sense about why they could be one of the players to offer something effective here, because they talk about how they offer behavioral health and primary care bundled together. And they talk about how that leads to early intervention. It leads to greater well-being. It leads to improved health outcomes and lower costs. So all the things that we want, better outcomes, lower costs, more convenience, and a better experience. And particularly, when you talk about behavioral health, I usually hear it talked about as such a different, independent service line. And it is, but it's also one of the most stigmatized. So we probably all know examples among our circle of friends and loved ones, people we care about in our lives, of people who don't seek care because of the stigma. And a lot of that stigma has to do with going in person, right? Behavioral health has always been one of those pieces that as virtual care has evolved and emerged, it seems like more people recognize that it should be one of the things that we offer virtually because it can help eliminate that stigma. 
and make people more likely to at least start engaging and getting some of the help that they need. So 98.6 refers to this as an integrated patient journey. They call it treatment for the whole person, and they include physical and behavioral health as one thing. Yep. They don't just say, oh, hey, here, by the way, if you need this service, then da-da-da-da-da. They're like, no, this is part of primary care for us. So they're emphasizing it. And I applaud that. I'm applauding them saying so much about it, but also having a service that hopefully does make more sense. And again, reduces that stigma. And the final part of that for me has to do with where are you when you're the most likely in the moment to feel like you need help? We all know the gamut of behavioral health services, but I'm telling you a lot of that happens in the moment when you're at work. And so for that service to come from your employer and be marketed by them to you, I just think that says a lot about how they can be helping with the overall health of the country. So I think that part's pretty cool. Again, I have no idea how successful they are with it, but that's how they're marketing themselves. Yeah, and a couple points on that. I, I felt that shift. Uh, in the past maybe decade where, you know, it was weird in the beginning. Um, you kind of were thinking, oh, oh, yeah, they just want me to be healthy so that they don't have, incur as much cost through their uh, their insurance. Um, but, you know, I think that there is a there's a there's a need there. It's a win win, to be honest with you. You know, there um, some some health or some employers are really, you know, uh, they'll they'll do BMI screenings and, and, and all those kinds of things. I, I, I applaud it, to be honest with you. A healthier employee employee um, is, is a good thing. And I, you know, I think that, um, it's, as I said, it's a win-win for the employer. It's a win-win for the employee. And one other thing I wanted to add about the, the um, uh, behavioral health and the mental health aspect, I have to just give a quick shout out. Um, Jared, you know, um, you and I are huge baseball fans. And I do have to call out uh, Daniel Bard from the Rockies, uh, who took himself out of play for uh, an extended period of time to deal with anxiety. And he admitted that um, publicly. And so I think that the more that we have people like this that are are uh, um, being transparent about um, what they're going through, um, that, um, you're, you know, you're not the only one that's going through this. And just to be honest and open about it and have a conversation and just be an example, a shining example um, in uh, in the mental health um, world. I think that's great. So I give him credit. Um, it's a nice thing to see coming out of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about about this uh, this particular topic. It's been great. That's great. Any final thoughts, Peter, about Transparent, 98.6, or employer-sponsored healthcare in general? Take advantage of what employers can offer you. I think it's a, it's a, it's a move in the right direction. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I love it. That's perfect. Well, tell you what, that's enough talk from us. Now it's time for you to go do something about it. On behalf of Peter, this is Jared reminding you that modern consumers expect to engage with their health in modern ways. So be sure that your marketing was sold. Thanks for listening. 